today here on Cincy Business Talk with Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. We'll be talking to business leaders about how they have grown their businesses and people. We discuss new strategies, tactics, and philosophies which lead to positive growth in our marketplace. Our program is sponsored by Sandler Training by Roth & Associates. Each week we'll talk with our best Cincinnati area top executives about their tools and insights. Our regular listeners will be given the edge that will help them win in a competitive environment which we live. Simple solutions to complex problems which challenge all of us are rarely correct. We will address complex problems or opportunities with appropriate solutions. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. Now your host, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer, Mike Roth. Thanks, Scott. This is Mike Roth. I'm here today with Drew Locopudo. Very good. Thanks for joining us, Drew. My pleasure. Before we uh, get on with the show, uh, I figured I'd tell uh, the folks about some of the stuff that's coming up during the, the month of December. We have a couple of exciting shows, which I'll just announce one of them today. We have the author of a book on creativity. He's going to be on the show on the 20th of December. That's going to be a live show. Let's see, in January, we have the Sandler Cold Call Camp starting on January 20th. And then on January 13th, which is before that, we have the start of the Sandler Foundations program. Let's tell everyone a little bit about you, Drew. Drew went to St. X High School and Ohio State University. Correct. And just out of curiosity, which type of degree did you graduate from uh, Ohio State with? I was a history major. I was going to go to law school. History major. Okay. You formed your own company, Overbeck Locopudo Insurance and Retirement Services, in 1997. And then you merged it with Cincinnati Benefit Solutions in 2010, where you're currently a partner. Drew is a Chartered Benefit Consultant, or CBC, too many acronyms, and has a FINRA six, Series 6, Series 63 license. For those people who don't know what FINRA is, tell them. That's basically the Securities Exchange. The old SEC. Absolutely. Securities Exchange Commission. Drew is a notary public and a past president of the National Health Underwriters of Cincinnati. Cincinnati Benefit Solutions specializes in employee benefits for companies between 2 and 100 employees. There are more than 400 companies and 10,000 individual, individuals that call Cincinnati Benefit Solutions their trusted advisor. Drew is married to his wife, Heather, has two daughters, Molly and Ella, and Drew is active in Cincinnati charitable and community activities. I'm just curious, which other community activities do you get involved with, Drew? Well, I coach my uh, daughter's uh, soccer teams. I'm also very active at St. X High School and other uh, charities around the city. Mm -hmm. As many of you know who are listening, I'm active in the downtown Cincinnati Rotary Club. And, Drew, anytime you have Thursday afternoon free for lunch, come down to the Cincinnati Rotary Club. Love to have you as a guest. We're always looking for new members. Sounds like a plan. Good. Why don't you tell our, our listeners a little bit more about your company? How many offices you have and how many employees and how big are you? Well, uh, currently we have approximately about 11 employees. We are in Western Hills and also in Montgomery. So we have a staff that 
uh, takes care of our clients with the ever-changing healthcare reform that we're currently in and helping the employees and the employers just mitigate through that. Okay. How many employees did you say you have? Approximately 11. 11 employees? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many of those are in sales? There's four of us. Four of you? Four of us and the rest are staff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and how many partners actually own the company? There's four of us. Oh, and you're the four salespeople? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, that's a good way to do it. Yeah. That's a good way to do it. What makes your company unique in the, in the area of employee benefits? Well, right now with employee benefits, there's just a lot going on. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the employers are just not getting the information that they need to help them migrate to this whole situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of their, the agents out there are older and have not changed with health care reform. So employers are calling us and saying, listen, this is, there's a lot going on. It's a lot of heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. You've got to help us give a plan so we can you know, plan for the future with health care reform. It's just not a one-year process. Unfortunately, it's going to be over many years, and that's where a lot of it, employers are calling us to help them in that solution. Mm-hmm. So you specialize companies less than 100 employees. Absolutely. And the employer mandate was lifted for companies 50 and over. 50 and over. So what happens to a company with uh, 2 to 49 employees? Well, it's just not much. The only thing that's changed is community rating. Because right now, you do not have to offer employee benefits to companies. To employees. employees. Excuse me, to employees. Okay. And that's not going to change. Mm-hmm. Okay? What's going to change is every company is generally underwritten. In the new world, which is next year, supposedly, there's going to be companies will be community rated. What that means, all they're going to ask is the person's age mm-hmm. and where they live, zip code. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to come up with a rate. And it cannot be more than a three-to-one ratio between the youngest to the oldest. The youngest on the spectrum is a 21-year-old. Mm-hmm. The oldest on the spectrum is a 64-year-old. So it cannot be more than three-to-one ratio. So an example, a 21-year-old, say, pays $10 a month. Mm-hmm. A 64-year-old cannot pay more than $30 a month. So what's happening is the, com- uh, the younger employees... Okay, and the 65-year-old would be out. Medicare. They go on Medicare. They're out. Yes, they're out. So what's happening is the younger employee which really younger means 55 and under, are mm-hmm. going to see significant rate increases under the new law. Well, you, that was a psychological jump for me. <laughs> Could you back up and explain that again? Well, with community rating, mm-hmm. there's no more underwriting. Right. Just a, a ratio between three to one and for the young to the old. So if I have a company, and we have clients like this that are new companies, and they, they employ people in their 20s, yep. and they have 20 or 30 employees, these people are going to see their rates go up? Significantly, especially for the young, because they're all setting for the old. No, but so the old are going to pay three times more. Could. So what happens is there, it's a very narrow band, okay? Mm-hmm. So what's happening is the young is going to offset the premium for the older. So the younger premiums, the younger people's premiums, are going to significantly increase the offset for the older employee. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're seeing. It's not like the younger, the older employees' premiums are significantly go down. They're just not going to go up as much. Okay, so we've heard a a lot of horror stories recently about premiums skyrocketing in California. You know, two hundred, three hundred percent. Is there truth to those type of stories? Absolutely. Our book, what we're seeing for the small business companies, two to fifty, seventy percent of the companies will have an increase between thirty and one hundred fifty percent just because of community rating. 
our individual book will have an average rate increase of 85%. So yes. Hmm. Won't most people object to that by canceling their insurance? They could, absolutely. And unfortunately with this law, we're supposed to drive down the uninsured, but the latest CBO estimates say there's going to still be 31 million uninsured Americans. Hmm. As someone who is uninsured has a serious catastrophic type of illness like cancer, they can they can sign up after they're diagnosed. No, right now is the open enrollment period. Started October the first and supposed to go to March thirty first. This is the time to sign up. Right. As the law stands, if you do not sign up, you have to wait to the open enrollment period next October. And if you do not do that, as the law stands, there's a fine. Of ninety-five dollars or one percent. I would like the people to be more focused on the one percent. So if you make two hundred, say twenty-five thousand dollars a year, you're not going to pay ninety-five dollar fine. You're going to pay one percent of income, which is two hundred and fifty. Oh. If you pay, if you make fifty thousand, you're going to and opt out. You're going to pay one percent, which is five hundred dollars. So it's not really the ninety-five dollars that you know is portrayed out there. Mm. Now, did the administration say they were going to waive that? For the first year, because of the problems on the Obamacare site? Uh, no, that has not been, uh, I guess, I'm sure it's been discussed, but there's not been a ruling on that yet. Okay, so for individuals, if they don't sign up and they're under uh, Medicare age and their company doesn't offer a plan, they're going to be uninsured for that eight months? Yeah. Even if they are di uh, diagnosed with a uh, difficult illness? Yes, yeah, so right now, does not matter what their health conditions are. On an individual who doesn't have employee benefits, mm -hmm. they can sign up and they have until March 31st to be enrolled. Right. And all they're going to ask is if their age and if they are a tobacco user and their zip code. Mm -hmm. So they will see their benefit and cost, they'll enroll. They say, listen, I don't want that benefit and it costs too much. They have the option of not enrolling and they will be uninsured until next year in October where it's open enrollment again but the benefit will not start until January 1st of 2015. Oh, okay. So I was misinformed. I was under the impression that any time that you got diagnosed with a catastrophic illness, you could just sign up and you'd be covered. No, that, that, that's not the case. Okay, so they're, they're, they're really creating a catch-22. Correct. What do you think the impact of this is going to be in the healthcare insurance market? Well, it's significant. Again, when I was talking about the employer's rate increases, Right now, in the current world as it exists, people like their coverage, but they say it costs too much. So we're going into a new world where I have to go to the employer and say, the coverage that you have, some instances will get worse, and the premiums will be significantly increased. So it's going to be very interesting next year. I mean, there's, as this bill is being rolled out, people are truly understanding it. They're not liking what they see, and they're learning that what they thought was in the bill is not in the bill. So you're now seeing a lot of these politicians trying to take cover. And that's where you're now seeing where you can keep your plan. It was never intended to be that way. You can now keep your plan in the next year because a lot of these people who are signing up on the exchange mm -hmm. are Medicaid. They're not they're signing up for you know, the traditional insurance because they're getting sticker shock. They're seeing what the benefit is. And they're seeing what their cost and say, I am not interested. So now the, uh, the, the president and, and, and the politicians see this. So they're like, you can keep your plan for next year. And if you make a change next year, then you have to go into um, an Obamacare-type plan, which is the community rate of pricing, which people 
or seeing what the cost and benefit are, and that is why they're not signing up. Hmm. That's going to be, be quite a displacement in the economy. It, I, yeah. It's going to be very, next year is going to be very interesting because they're seeing what's about to happen and uh, they have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that an employer should be doing? Absolutely. A lot of people say, ask us, are employers dropping their plan? Mm-hmm. We're not seeing that. Uh, because when you go out into the market with community rating, it's going to be essentially the same rate if you buy an employer plan or buy it on your own. But the big difference is you cannot tax deduct individual insurance. When you buy it through an employer, it can be tax deductible. And that's a big thing. Tax deductible to the employer. And to the employee who's paying premiums. Oh, okay. Which that is, so someone cancels their plan, say an employer says, you know what, I'm canceling this plan, I'm going to give the employee $300 and let them buy insurance on their own. Okay. That's a thought. A lot of, that employee now has to go out and buy the insurance with after-tax dollars. Where an employer down the road says, you know what, I will give that $300 in-house and bring a group-sponsored plan. The employee then will be able to buy their insurance at whatever tax bracket they're in. So if they're in a 25% tax bracket, they're going to be paying for 25% less in medical insurance. So we're actually, we see a lot of employers looking who didn't have a group plan now looking to have a group plan for that tax benefit. Interesting. We're going to have to retouch this subject in the second segment of the show. Right now, I'm going to ask Jimmy Fox of Tip Club to come on and tell us a little bit about Tip Club. The next Tip Club, which is a networking event that we sponsor here in Cincinnati, is going to be December 20th, 7.30 a.m. to uh, 9 a.m. at our training center. And uh, Jimmy, tell everyone, it's Thursday, I think, December, maybe it's December 19th. It's Thursday, December 19th. Jimmy, tell us about Tip Club. Hi, I'm Jimmy Fox of Tip Club. Tip Club is a professional networking organization whose members help each other succeed. We meet once per month and provide a forum where business-to-business professionals are able to connect with more desirable opportunities and build long-term strategic partnerships. I'm inviting Cincinnati Business Talk listeners to come to our free networking event. You'll have the opportunity to meet new people, share leads and referrals, and grow your business through strategic alliances. Membership in our Cincinnati group is open to only one person per specific trade or occupation. Business-to-business professionals only, please. We do not accept multi-level marketing or recruiting-driven memberships. This is our only group in Cincinnati. We'll meet on the third Thursday of the month from 7.30 to 9 a.m. at Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, 4357 Ferguson Drive, Cincinnati, Ohio. To reserve a seat please go to www.tipclub.com and click on the Events tab at the top of the page. Then, just scroll down the list until you come to the Cincinnati event. Or you may call 800-798-0270. That's 1-800-798-0270. Thank you, and we look forward to seeing you at our next networking event.
This is Mike Roth. I'm here today to announce a minor change in our programming schedule. For 2014, Cincinnati Business Talk Radio will be available on Fridays from 4 to 5 p.m. as a live show. Occasionally, we will broadcast the live show on another afternoon, and we will make those announcements as appropriate. In the meantime, you can listen to any of our previous 165 shows on blogtalkradio.com forward slash cincy, C-I-N-C-Y dash business dash talk. This is Mike Roth. I'm back today with Drew Locaputo. Very good. Drew, is, we've heard stories that uh, Obamacare is driving down the cost of uh, medical insurance. Is that true in any way? Uh, absolutely not. Um, with the cost of medical insurance going to the community rate of pricing, uh, we're seeing dramatic increases. It's not denting any facet of medical expenses. So the insurance actually is significantly higher. Like I was saying before, our employers are going to be seeing you know, 50 to 100% rate increases, and same with the, the employee of the individual. So as we see it, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Okay, with uh, the Medicare.gov uh, website uh, having issues, uh, how can an individual enroll? Well, we tell them to call our office. To call uh, your office? Absolutely. And, and what is your office number if they want to contact you after the show? 513-661-1114. And uh, our staff will ask them a couple of simple questions. Uh, what their age is, if they're a tobacco user, and where they live, their zip code. Also, they'll ask their income. Mm-hmm. Because with this law, if you make, for a single, if you make up to $40,000, you could get a subsidy. A family of four up to making $92,000, there could be a subsidy. So we take this information, and we go to all the various insurance companies to see what the best bang for the dollar is. And then at that time, we will place them with them, um, give them the information on appropriate plans for them, and let them make their decision uh, with our consult to uh, see what makes sense for them. So, Drew, they actually don't have to go through the Medicare Gov site that's not working right? We would never put them through that. And how do you get them into the uh, into the program insurance? So, whatever insurance company that um, makes the most sense for that, that individual, we will then fill an application uh, with that particular insurance company and then send it in. As a, so, if someone's not getting a subsidy, um, we can do that right now and enroll them for January 1st date. If they are getting a subsidy, we are understanding we can enroll them in December because they need to uh, be in connection with the IRS, and right now that is, system is not up and available. So we hear early December that we will be able to enroll people getting a subsidy uh, into an insurance plan for January 1st. Mm-hmm. Uh- Based on your experience, is there an order of magnitude that uh, individual uh, individuals are seeing uh, rate increases, or is it too much uh, dependent on age and income to come across with an average? I mean, uh, right now, the people seeing the most significant rate increases are the young. The 20, 30-year-olds are seeing the largest rate increase in 40-year-olds. Mm-hmm. And we're also finding with subsidies, people making a certain threshold where they are getting taxpayer dollars to help offset that premium, they're paying still significantly more with the subsidies on the current plans that they currently have right now with no subsidies. Mm-hmm. And, and at this point, 
do we know whether people can keep their current plans? At this point, they say that you can keep it for next year. That was the fallout of what's going on right now, to keep your plan. If you want, you like your plan, you can keep your plan. That was never intended. Now, with the political fallout, they, as we see it, we believe you can for next year. Beyond that, I, I don't have an answer for it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if that's consistent with your insurance company making the old plan currently available, so you could want to keep your plan, and the insurance company says, well, that plan is canceled, we're not going to offer it. Well, a lot of these plans that were being canceled January 1st just did not fit the criteria of a Affordable Care Act type plan. Mm-hmm. A lot of it was with maternity. Maternity? When you go to an Affordable Care Act plan, maternity is mandatory. Most of the individual plans of maternity is not on there for the choice of the insured who you know, doesn't plan on having more children. They can save premiums with maternity. Sure. So a lot of these plans that are being canceled out, they have to comply with the uh, with with Obamacare. Sure. If I was uh, 55 years of age, and I wasn't going to have any more kids, and it didn't make sense to have maternity. Or people who are in their 40s that aren't able to have children, why pay for the extra premium if you know that maternity is never going to be an option? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, in, in this uh, world of uh, moving targets, people may have questions. Sure. And you're okay answering questions, Drew? Absolutely. The, the call-in number on today's show, is, if you have any questions, is 646-595-4916. Uh, we will be screening the calls during the next commercial break. Again, if you have questions for Drew, 646-595-4916. Uh, if companies offered medical insurance plans to their employees for 2013, do they have to continue in 2014, or can they drop it? No, they, they do not have to. That did not change for the current system. If you have employees between 2 and 50, you do not have to offer insurance. That, that stands. Companies over 50, they got a one-year reprieve, and they will have to offer insurance in 2015, if they do not, they will be fined $2,000 per employee. Which might be less than the cost of offering insurance. What we're seeing is most companies over 50 do offer benefits. It's the companies that don't. It's the concern, mainly restaurants. And most of the people working at these restaurants, um, being the staff, it's not a priority to them to medical insurance. They sure. have a spouse or they have an individual plan. It's not really what we're finding uh, a priority why they work there. And now these companies who the employees have no intention of really wanting to work at a restaurant because most people, benefits are important, will work somewhere else, are now having to comply and pay the fine. And, you, and that fine is not tax deductible. So, yes, it's a, it's a big deal to this company. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think that the increased cost of the medical insurance uh, has passed to the individual and companies will call, cause massive offsets? in our economy. I would think so. I mean, it's discretionary income. Mm-hmm. So the more money you pay, there's less money to go out to a restaurant, um, see a movie, see a game, um, buy electronic. Yeah, absolutely a trickle-down effect. And I think that's what a lot of economists are being very uh, cautious about right now. Mm-hmm. So there could be a trickle-down effect where people buy fewer cars. I would think so. I mean, premiums double. Um, it's going to have to be cut out somewhere. Mm-hmm. 
And what happens when these premiums uh, far exceed people's ability to pay? Uh, that's scary. It's going to be quite interesting. I don't know if that's where the government steps in and says, we will solve all your problems. Hmm. That's hard to believe. It's, it's scary. That, that's something that's going to have to be worked out. As I said earlier, most companies right now, they like the benefits they have. They just do not, they think the premiums are a little bit high. Well, in the new world, most of the premiums are going to be significantly more. So we'll see what the fallout is. Uh, on the other side of the, the coin, uh, for doctors, uh, does the Obamacare legislation uh, relieve them of tort liability? No. Lawsuits? does nothing to it. Mm. Why do you think they left that out? Um, I think a lot of political coffers with uh, the attorneys that handle most of those uh, uh, lawsuits, they wanted that out. Mm -hmm. And uh, let's, let's do one more question before we take a uh, another commercial break. Uh, what are the things that small companies should do to prepare for uh, Obamacare? And who, who should they turn to? Well, we'll sit down there with a strategy, explain to them what community rating is. Also, um, for, with some of the insurance companies, they'll go down to five employees where they can do a self-funded plan. What's self-funded is the employer just takes on a little bit more responsibility. But you are carved out on a lot of the mandates Obamacare is bringing to the table, and it's giving the employers a little bit more flexibility. So we just have to sit down, explain that, show them that here are two two scenarios. Let's 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 sit down, review them, see what best fits your situation. So that's what we are preparing for our small employers for next year. Let's just take one more question on that. Again, if you have a question for Drew, six four six five nine five four nine one six. Is this you're talking about self funding the old one oh five plan? No, it's just basically self funding is the employer and the insurance companies, you're going to have a more of a higher deductible, and the employer is going to cover them on a level premium plan. Okay, and what they think the premiums will be more expensive is today, but maybe not as high as accumulating pricing. And what happens is, what they hope, if you have a better year than expected, they will refund some of the premium back. If you have a worse year, you won't get any premium back. So that's this will, flexibility. So this will be administered through the insurance companies. Yes. As opposed to the old 105 plan, which was administered through the employer and a third-party administrator. Correct. Good. This is a confusing landscape. If anyone has any questions, please feel free to call in 646-595-4916. Let's listen to a Sandler commercial or two. Imagine you just left your prospect's office and he now has your proposal, quote, or estimate. What do you suppose he's going to do with that valuable information that you just gave him for free? Call you tomorrow with an order? Get real! He's shopping it around to the competition. Hi, this is Mike Roth, founder of Roth & Associates. I'm the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. I'm constantly amazed how salespeople operate. They believe a prospect asking for a proposal means the sale is as good as closed. Face it, trained prospects will turn you into an unpaid consultant. For over 20 years, we've been coaching, training, and challenging professionals who are 100% committed to long-term sales growth and profitability, no matter what it takes. If you're deadly serious about increasing sales, call me at 513-646-6523. Find out how Sandler Training can make you better, faster, and stronger, or register now for our next open house, 
888-627-6523. This is Mike Roth, the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. This is Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. At the first sign of trouble, there are three types of business leader. The first type of leader is like a turtle. He pulls his head and tail in and hides in his shell. Turtles hunker down, just trying to survive. The second type of leader is an opportunist. They're like eagles. Eagles spread their wings and take advantage of the winds. They catch the storm wind and rise to new heights. The third group, between turtles and eagles, are called turkeys. Turkeys are average and anxious. They huddle together and move. They never saw. However, turkeys are easy prey for those who seize the opportunity and soar. If someone in your industry goes out of business, are you going to get the business? The question is, which type of leader are you? Will you seize the opportunities to take market share and grow, or will your fate be like the turkeys? If you're serious about growth, call me to arrange a confidential meeting, 513-646-6523, or check our website at rothconsulting.net. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with uh, Drew Locofudo. Drew, in, in your marketplace, uh, small businesses, how many insurance agencies like yourself are there that companies can turn to that specialize for small employers? Well, actually, it gets fewer and fewer because of the Affordable Care Act. Most of these agents are just not keeping up the times with the new pressures that they have, testing, things like that, and they're getting out of the market. So it's becoming, and the other insurance companies are consolidating. So um, I would say it's been cut in half in the last five years. So that has been a boon for us because people are looking for guidance more than ever right now. So they've been calling us, and we've been sitting down and and trying to take care of them into the new world. Now it seems like there are more moving parts in the new world. And it's going to be more and more for the foreseeable future, absolutely. Mm-hmm. When you guys figure out what an employer should do to minimize costs, uh, do you have software that you use to get there, or do you have a CPA that you bring in, look at the, the company's tax returns? How, how do you do that? Well, it'll be interesting, you know, down with the community rating prices on a lot of individuals, um, because, say, with their salaries is going to be one of the questions that they ask. And if someone gets more subsidy than they should, or they don't get enough subsidy, it's going to be all come out in the wash on April 15th when they file their taxes. Now, on the employer side, I say, yeah, absolutely, you got to talk with your accountant and your attorney about this, so we, everyone is compliant. Mm-hmm. So... Compliance is one side of it. Uh, the other side is the absolute cost. What's the lowest cost way to do it? Consistent with keeping your valued employees and uh, minimizing your taxes. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where a lot of employers who never had sponsored an employer, employer plan are now getting insurance because they're going to have to get it in this new world anyways. Okay? So you might as well get the tax deduction by buying insurance with your company. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maybe you can explain that again for others, because for some of them, the smaller employees, this may be entirely new ground. So with community rating, essentially if you buy it outside the company or in the company, with community rating, the price is going to be generally the same. Okay? So if it's generally the same. So there's no real discount that Procter & Gamble is going to get. Uh, relative to the community as opposed to what they had before. Well, Procter & Campbell is a larger company. They're not in community-rated pricing. Okay, 2 to 50 is in community-rated pricing. Okay. Okay, Procter & Gamble, I believe that comes about in 2016. Okay. Now, when you get an individual plan, right now you have a little bit more flexibility because 
paternity is not mandatory, and you have other scenarios that lower the premium. When you talk about in a new world, maternity is in there. They're all, the plans pretty much mirror themselves in and out with an individual or employer plan. So right now, these employers, if I'm going to pay the same, I might as well get the tax deduction, so I will sponsor a group plan. Also, the employees, if they're going to be purchasing not through employer insurance uh, and take it on the individual, they cannot do that pre-tax. So at least they can get it pre-tax at their employer's establishment. Okay, so employees will save money by buying a plan with pre-tax dollars. In most cases, unless the um, subsidy is that significant. True. Isn't this going create terribly difficult uh, accounting scenarios for both the consumer, the employee, and the employer? No, I don't think any much more than it is right now on the employer side. They're just unfortunately be paying higher premiums if they do the community rated pricing. Um, the well, they don't have choice on that. The well, small ones. The ones small ones, but there is, they are also giving them a self-funded uh, option for companies down to five, some some insurance companies, so they can get out of the community rating and have a little bit more flexibility. But the really small out. companies that have uh, one, one, or two. Plot, one, one or two, they're stuck. Yes. Now, so Drew, with the number of variables that, that happen for small employers under 10, we now have a, another break point at five employees. If you have over five or more, you can go into this 105 type plan where you're rated by the healthcare experience exactly. inside of your company. Exactly right. If you're below one to four, you're stuck in the community rated pool. Exactly right. So you have employer sponsored coverage that's community rated or you can go on your individual, um, sellers go out there and purchase on your own and uh, have community rating with a possible subsidy. Correct. And when you say community rating, you mean by state or by physical community? Um, well, it's community ratings throughout the country, uh, but you just have to purchase your insurance within that state. So if there's, let's say, a lower cancer rate in uh, Wyoming than there is in Ohio, uh, would the rates be lower in Wyoming? Well, I think a lot of it goes on the contracts of the doctors and hospitals to come up with the insurance company you know, print, uh, rates. But ultimately, yes, claims will run it. See, we don't have claims in the new world at this point. So there's no experience. And that's what's going to be scary probably going to 2015 because we're seeing most of the people who are signing up with the exchange plans at this point are people who are needing services right away. And if they don't attract the younger people in, which is ending up being, um, could be their demise because the premiums are so much higher than they are today. So it's cheaper to just take the opt-out for the fine than purchase the insurance so the people, it's a death spiral. The people who are going in are the older, sicker people that are using up all health care dollars. Mm. So for the country, and what, what would the solution be? Rework this thing. Rework this thing. But right now... I'm not going to take you to the political what, what it should be, but what you're saying is the economics of the current methodology looks wrong. Made no sense. How this thing was sold... It's coming to light that none of that was true. None of that was true. You can keep your plan, and your premiums were going to go down is how it was sold. Absolutely. And that doesn't seem to be the case. Proof is in the pudding. And what you're seeing for small employers from 5 to 100 employees is? Significant rate increases. And significant means an order of magnitude of percentage? Between 30 and 150%. Hmm. 
And how are companies handling 150%? They haven't seen it yet. A lot of companies are taking early renewals. So what they're doing... Early renewals, mean? Early renewals. So all this takes effect. You can keep your current plan until it runs out next year. So they're taking early renewals, locking in their premiums December the 1st of this year so it can run out to December next year. And they're just hoping in the meantime something gets worked out between now and then. If it doesn't, that's why we sit down with employers, show what community rating prices and other alternatives to them to see what makes most sense for them and their employees. Okay, so it's going to be a lot more moving parts. It's rapidly changing. This is a day-by-day situation, unfortunately. Great. So if you're listening to the show in February of 2014, some of the information may no longer be accurate. Absolutely. Actually, middle of next week. The middle of next week. Okay. <laughs> we're, 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 we're taping the show just before Thanksgiving. How has uh, the Affordable Health Care Act affected uh, your business? Are you, you seeing more revenue come in or uh, less revenue? Well, absolutely, just because a lot of the brokers out there are getting out. They just cannot keep up with the rapidly changing environment. And the employers are calling us saying, listen, my broker I've worked with for 10, 15, 20 years is not keeping up with everything. They're not notifying what we, our benchmarks that we need to be meeting. So they've been calling us. We've been sitting down, explaining to them what the scenario is, going into the new world, and mapping out a plan as it stands, how the laws are written today. So, yes, it's been a boon to us, but unfortunately, um, to the employer, they're going to be seeing significant higher rates, but we're just trying to mitigate through that and give them options to help solve that issue. Mm-hmm. What do you think the best options are for smaller employers? Again, with some with community rating, some groups are small. The smaller groups are very sick. They have older, sicker groups. So community rating, in some instances, has been a savior for them. So if I have a, 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 sale, a sales force of uh, 50 to 70-year-old people, the 70-year-olds take take them off the company plan, put them on Medicare. You got it. The people who are below from 50 to 64, I would pay less on. No, not, te- not no. I mean, generally, the people say 55 and under with community will be paying a lot more. The 55 to 64 rates generally aren't going down for them. Mm-hmm. The rates just might go up. But let's say, I'll give you an example of where the, the the plan is helping or Obamacare is helping. Let's say a, a a group of five who had cancer, had riddled with cancer, and they were not able to go to other companies, and they've just been taking high rate increases because they have no choice on moving. Mm-hmm. So with rating, with uh, health questionnaires thrown out in the new world with community rating, when they come in and see what the community rated price is, it could be generally lower than what they're currently paying now. And that's a far and few between companies. I would say probably about 10% of our book is in that criteria. So yes, they could be seeing lower premiums. For companies that encourage their employees to smoke. Well, could be. Yeah, could be living on, on, on yeah, unhealthy lifestyles. But yeah, so I mean, you, we do have this. I mean, unfortunately, those people, those, those situations are real, and this could be a relief for them to their pocketbooks. Mm-hmm. Is it is it industry dependent in any way? No, industry that's been taken out also. So, a mining company would be uh, relieved of some of the responsibility as opposed to a insurance agency. Right. Yeah. Back in the day, that was one of the SIC codes made a, a difference on company ring. That, as I believe right now, to stand is out the window. You cannot discriminate. That's viewed as discrimination. But age of the employee population will determine the rating. Right? Absolutely. Okay. So this is a, a fasten your seatbelt, whole new 
set of changes. For community rating. Now, with this, some of these larger groups, you can do the self-funding, which then will uh, bring in the experience of the group. Right. So if you have uh, all healthy people, you put in a gymnasium, everyone works out, no one smokes, everyone's at or below average weight for their You're going category. to self-insure. Yes. You're not going to get the community rated pricing, correct? Okay. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And that's now giving an option to those employers. Mm. The option's always been there. It's just never been... This terribly clear. Absolutely. Now, yeah, this is now an extremely viable option for the smaller companies. In the past, companies under 50 really never even put their toes in a self-funded uh, arena. Now, that because of this new law, that has changed. Companies have to explore it because of the cost of the insurance. Sure, sure. It makes and it makes a lot more sense now. And they have the flexibility. Good, Drew. We're going to uh, take a another short break here. We're going to listen to a Sandler rule. We'll listen to Sailor Rule number uh, 14. And again, if you have any questions for Drew, you can call in on 646-595-4916. Hi, I'm Bob Sinton of Sandler Training. I'm here today to talk to you about rule number 14. A prospect who is listening is no prospect at all. You may have heard this before, but Dave Sandler told me a long time ago that you should follow the rule called 70-30 rule, where the client talks or the prospect talks 70% of the time and you, the salesperson, talk 30% of the time. Most salespeople I run into in my 30 years of doing this understand that. The problem with it is how do you go about doing it? Well, most if not all salespeople know their features and benefits and the, uh, the power of what their company can provide clients. Um, so it's easy for them to uh, explain their features and benefits to a client. The problem with that is it doesn't necessarily elicit responses from a client. So what we have to train ourselves to do to be more successful and more professional is take your features and benefits and phrase it and structure it in such a way where it actually elicits a conversational response from your client. For example, a feature and benefit of your company may, may uh, include uh, you can reduce expenses and save them some overhead and, and save your clients some money in the uh, long term or short term. Well, a lot of people can say that. That's on your website. It's on your brochure. A more effective way is to say, hey, Ed, can I ask you a question? Uh, what we've done with companies and individuals like yourself is help save them money with some software that helps them reduce expenses, uh, get rid of waste, and adds more money to their bottom line. Uh, do you have anything like that happening here? And if so, can you tell me a little bit about it? Um, what that question does is it obviously elicits initially a yes or no response, but then it quickly goes down the tunnel of what I like calling a conversational uh, dialogue, if you will, between salesperson and client, and you find yourself talking only 30% of the time, and the client ends up talking 70% of the time. And that creates a, a more of a win-win relationship. And that's Sandler rule number 14. A prospect who is listening is no prospect at all. This is Mike Roth and Drew Locopudo. Drew, uh, what do you think our employers should do to figure out what they should do for their employees in the, in the area of health care? Well, they just need to talk with someone who is competent about the issue, sit them down, you know, 
ask the employer um, what they're looking for, what their objectives are, and then map out a couple scenarios to see what makes the sense for that employer. I mean, employers have different agendas. And on our end, we just need to sit down and listen to what they're trying to accomplish and then figure out a game plan for them. Is this a decision that's a C-suite decision or is this an HR decision? I think it's both. I mean, this is a very complex times, and right now you need to bring all parties in to understand what's going on. So I would bring in my chief financial officer, my HR person. Absolutely. Everyone's got to be on the same page and also hear what is going on because it's a different world out there. Mm-hmm. Complicated. We always like to, to uh, ask our guests if they could share a leadership tip with, with our listeners. That's a, a loaded question. But to me, deliver on what you promise. That's the number one thing that we like to follow up on. Um, when I go meet a prospective client, Mm -hmm. I promise them a lot. That mm -hmm. differentiates us from the, the competitor. And I tell them, I'm going to promise you a lot. If I don't deliver, to please fire me. I've not been fired yet, but that's what we do, because we do promise a lot. And it trickles down to our staff. If they say they're going to get back with that employer that day, they better get back with them that day. They might not have the answer, but just let them know that we're thinking. We haven't forgot about them. And then we will let them know when that situation will be solved. Listen, I'm an impatient person. So the staff is impatient. We've got to get people, get back to people when we say we're going to. Right, right. Uh, in the way the new law is going to operate, if someone has a claim, you know, they go see a doctor, a surgeon, what's going to happen? Are they going to submit a claim to their employer if they're an employee, employer-covered person? No, none of that changes. I mean, it's still private insurance. So if they go and have that claim, they're going to submit to the insurance company. Okay, so it's going to be direct. Yes, that that situation has not changed. There, there is no government program out there. It's all private insurance. Just being private insurance has now been significantly regulated. Okay, and in the case of those people using the uh, experience rate of the 105 plan, mm -hmm. is there going to still be a third-party administrator? There could be some, yeah, sure. But a lot of these insurance companies are taking that in-house. But in some instances, yes, we do have a third party that handles the self-insured part. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, let's change subjects a little bit, something a little bit lighter. Why don't you tell our, our listeners uh, and CEOs who are listening a little bit about how you've uh, done your website? Um, well, you can go to www.inscbs.com. You can go and learn a little bit about ourselves. It's just going to give you bios, what we do, how we differentiate ourselves from the marketplace, and I think what we can bring to the table to uh, be a partner with them to better handle their employee benefits situation and be not more of a problem but a solution to the whole. Yeah, that's important. Uh, I like the word that you use, partner. Did you develop your own website? No, we had an outside. Yeah, we, we helped develop with an outside uh, firm. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, are you using a search engine optimization uh, company? Uh, not at this time, no. No? Not necessary? No, not at this time. That could be in the future. Okay. Uh, in the future, are you going to put onto your website what uh, community rating pricing might be? Yeah, we get some information about healthcare reform on there. At least get the people's toes wet and aware of what's going on. Um, it's a lot of heavy reading. Yeah, a lot of employers, uh, they choose to let us come in and explain it to them instead of uh, reading it. But when they do go to our website, I think you're going to have a better understanding on um, who we are, what we do, 
and how we can, like I said, partner with them to make this complex situation a little bit more uh, palatable, you could say. Mm -hmm. Are you providing a, a weekly blog or uh, information feed for news of what, what the changes are every week? Yes. We, we have also, for our employers, we have an HR piece that will help the owner and the HR um, person help them with their daily job because a lot of these HR people just can't keep up with the Family Medical Leave Act or, you know, various things concerning to what they're, how they're running their business day to day. So we do provide them with an HR piece that will help them and update things constantly um, concerning, you know, everyday business runnings. Um, also, we give them a weekly blog on what's happening in healthcare reform that is specific to that week. It's an easier read, less than a page, but it, the employers are finding out that they can at least keep up with this rapidly changing time on a weekly basis without being overwhelmed with, you know, five or six pages of information. Oh, okay. So, so you're yes, absolutely. We're constantly in front of our employers letting know what's going on so they better understand the environment out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always like that. We have a theory of operation here that simple solutions to complex problems are invariably wrong. Yeah. Uh, maybe you can give our listeners an example, not necessarily the current healthcare situation, but a different complex problem that you ran into in your business and the equally complex solution that you use to solve it. I mean, right now, I mean, healthcare reform is that. Mm -hmm. This is an extremely complex situation. And when we go in and talk with the employers, they're overwhelmed. And we try to break it into several segments and try to piecemeal this to make it a little bit more, more simpler and more palatable to them and give them a road or a vision that they can understand, not just for 2014 and beyond. But sometimes that's complicated with this rapidly changing bill. Have you actually added staff to accommodate the additional touches you need to do for your client base and new prospects? Absolutely. We've added a, a couple other uh, customer service people this year and looking to add more next year. Mm -hmm. they, they need to be informed. And um, that's what I think separates us from uh, the rest of the agencies out there. Right. Uh, so back to one of my favorite questions. Uh, how would you characterize your unique marketplace advantage? Again, we, we deliver on what we promise. And we just make this complicated situation. We sit down. We listen. We, we bring solutions to them that they didn't know that they could have. Again, with the HR piece that's constantly, I mean, a lot of our employers are saying this is, a, this is an asset to us because we can't keep up with this rapidly changing environment mm -hmm. on an HR side. So we give them that to assist in their everyday businesses. Also, on the healthcare side, with this thing rapidly changing, we are in front of them explaining what is going on and then trying to formalize a plan on how we are going to combat this for next year and down the road. So we just have to sit down with each employer and, and figure out what makes the most sense. Mm -hmm. uh, what percentage of the employers that you're talking to have uh, come up with a uh, ongoing plan? Well, we try to do it for 100% of them. I mean, 100% of them, yes. when you talk to them, they're saying, yes, let's do this. Well, when we sit down and like some of the employers, they might say, you know what, I don't have a group plan in place. Let's do a group plan. Let's, let's, let's start talking about that and, and making it a reality for next year. How long can an employer wait? Well, they have to have until, you know, next year. I mean, if they want to put a plan in, they can put in a plan anytime in the course of the year. 
So they, but, but on the flip side, like, they want to put in sooner than later because um, of the penalty. They, they, a lot of these plans that have not been put in place will find putting them in effect January the 1st. Okay, to avoid the uh, tax penalty for 2014. Absolutely. So there seems, is there a rush for people putting in? We are getting a lot right now, absolutely. Hmm. Okay. Uh, in your opinion, what's the single most important factor an employer has to look at in evaluating what to do. Single one factor. It's cost. Cost. Absolutely. Cost. I mean, that's everyone wants to know how much is this going to cost me. And is it the same that no matter what insurance carrier I pick? No, it, it, it is different. Each insurance carrier, they have to file their rates, and that's what's coming out right now. So each carrier has different rates. Some have you no know, smaller networks, more robust networks, so there's a lot to go in. When we have a community in pricing, Yes, that's underwriting. That's kind of black and white. But how com companies are getting around that is, you know what? You want, we want to lower our premiums by 10 or 15 percent. We're going to have half the doctors and hospitals in there. So that's going on also. <coughs> also, there's wellness going on, and uh, you know, getting their employees engaged in a wellness program to help also trim premiums. Uh, so wellness programs is is that a uh, direct? Tax or health care premium reduction for yes. employers? Yes. And they, uh, some of these companies, add, they set benchmarks for wellness. And when they hit that benchmark, they will see immediate reduction off of that individual person's uh, insurance premium. Okay. So that's another factor in this, is wellness is going to be you know, a big deal in trying to shave premium. Uh, will it be a significant reduction factor? Some companies could be up to 10% if they're fully engaged. Fully engaged means? 100% participation with their employees. That means they put everyone in a classroom? Everybody with. comes in and then everyone has to hit their certain benchmarks. Okay, so the employer fully engages 100% of their employees in an active wellness program. What happens then? Well, they, when they get involved, they have to hit certain benchmarks. If they hit certain benchmarks, they'll get a percentage of their premium taking off. Uh, more people who participate, obviously, more premiums is going to be shaped off. So the employer really wants their employees to be engaged because everyone's going to be saving the medical insurance at that point. If your employer fully engages a wellness program, 100% of the employees, what happens to their premiums? They drop. So more people involved will equate to less premiums because they are hitting their, their wellness benchmarks. So the employer is very much engaged to make sure their employees participate because the whole group will be saving premium at that point. Mm -hmm. With an employer-based program, uh, they'll see different premium bids from different insurance carriers, like Anthem will have a different bid from United. Absolutely. Different from Umana. Absolutely. They all have different. Yeah, the community rating is you know a three-to-one ratio with inside that insurance company. But they have different contracts. They have different networks. There's many different variables to have a differentiation of premiums. So absolutely, each company will have a different set of premiums. Uh, what about the factor that uh, tends to annoy uh, most people? Do I have to change my doctor? With the group plans, um, they're still robust networks. But sometimes if you want to have a savings and premium, uh, these insurance companies will have more skinny down network and hopefully you'll pick that network with your doctor in there. 
but on the individual plans, uh, some carriers have significantly reduced their uh, networks. So you might lose your, if you stay with that particular insurance company on an individual plan, you could lose your doctor, absolutely. Mm -hmm. What's going to happen to out-of-network care? Users will be paying more. The deductibles and the out-of-pockets are higher for out-of-network than in the network. So, so in other words, I, I travel to Baltimore two or three times a year. If I needed to see a physician in Baltimore, who naturally isn't going to be in my Ohio, Ohio network, what would happen then? It would be out of network. Now, if it's a case of emergency, it's treated as a network. But if you choose to see a doctor that's out of your network, you will have out of network benefits, which is generally higher deductibles and coinsurance, which results in a higher out of pocket for you. Hmm. So this really isn't very good for the individuals. In most cases, I would have to agree. Well, more is to uh, is to come, Drew. And uh, as the, the play the plays out, just the beginning. Yes. We uh, we may bring you back for a uh, another show. That's there. That'd be my pleasure. Good, Drew. I want to thank you for being on the show today, and as appreciation for doing that, I'm going to give you a copy of one of Sandler's books, Forty Nine Sandler Rules. Thank you. Uh, in that, you'll find a uh, million dollars. We always help people make an extra million dollars. Absolutely. Thank you. And uh, a free training pass and a calendar. To Come to one of our classes. Hey, thank you. It's my pleasure. Thanks, Mike. Great. Scott, why don't you take it away? Thanks for listening. This program is the property of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, Inc. The show may be distributed only with written permission and then only in its entirety. If you have any questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400.